Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever Co-Conspirators podcast. Oh, I forgot my name. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever Co-Conspirators podcast. I'm one of your hosts, John, and I'm here with my co-host, Luke. Hi, everyone. And my other co-host, Callum. Hi, guys. So this podcast is aimed at delving deeper into some of the conspiracies facing some of the world's most high-profile and controversial topics and events. Each week, we'll aim to cover one topic or conspiracy, starting this week with COVID-19. But first, we thought we'd do a little bit of an intro into what got us into podcasting and what got us into conspiracies, as well as a little bit about us. So I'll hand over to Luke to do a quick intro. Okay, I'm Luke. I'm an economics graduate, and I'm now working as an actuary. And like a stereotypical actuary, I'm definitely the life and soul of every party. (laughs) Uh, I like to listen to podcasts on my commute to work. I have an hour commute to work, so I can get plenty in. I'm specifically interested in historical podcasts, football podcasts, and scientific podcasts. I'm a massive Charlton Athletic fan, so uh, it's always fun to listen to Charlton podcasts. It's a complete (laughs) mess. My favorite podcast is No Such Thing as a Fish. I'm not really into conspiracies, but I I find myself putting up with John's conspiracies all the time. I like to bring a statistical rational side to conspiracies. And personally, I don't really believe in many conspiracies. I just kind of believe what I'm told in the news. Whether that's naive or not, that's for you to decide. All right. Cheers for that, Luke. Callum, do you want to give a quick intro to you as well? All right. Thanks, John. I'm Callum and I have a master's degree in sports science from the University of Portsmouth. I was due to start working in the occupational health industry, but the recent lockdown has meant that my start date has been delayed until the social distancing guidelines are relaxed. Obviously, the safety of the public is the most important thing, but still a little bit disconcerting at times. Nevertheless, <laughs> when one door closes, maybe temporarily, another one opens. So thank you to the Wuhan resident who decided to tuck into some fresh bat soup. <laughs> <laughs> Kickstart his chain of events that led to the inception of this podcast. I'm a big fan of long-form discussion. I love a good video essay. I don't religiously follow any of the big podcasts. If there's a guest I'm interested in, I'll dip into the likes of Joe Rogan and True Geordie while I'm studying. I prefer my podcast to focus on entertainment with some information scattered in. So John introducing me to the world of Ricky, Stephen and Carl in their XFM days and the subsequent podcasts. This was a perfect rabbit hole to get caught up in alternate takes on the questions plaguing everyone's minds, as well as some of the most ludicrous thoughts ever to have been released in the public forum, thanks to the fantastic mind of Carl Pilkington. This links nicely to the topic of conspiracy theories. So I'm also interested in the control of information by the powers that be, how the news about major events can be manipulated to fit a certain narrative and to never blindly accept things at face value. So that's enough about me. Let's hear some other things about our host, John. All right. Thanks for that, Callum. So I'm John and I went to Loughborough Uni and did accounting and finance. And I'm currently working as an accountant. Uh, What got me into podcasting? Well, Similarly to Callum, I got into the Ricky Gervais, Steve Merchant and Carl Pilkington podcasts. So they, they did some uh, radio work on XFM about 20 years ago. Uh, and all of those are on YouTube if anyone wants to check them out. But they're hilarious and they really got me into Ricky Gervais as well as Carl Pilkington as a whole. Less so Steve Merchant, but we won't talk about that. Um, I've also listened to other podcasts like True Geordie, Food View UK, shout out my boy MJ and Joe Rogan experience as well, which is a bit of a link to conspiracies because uh, Joe Rogan and one of his main hosts, Eddie Bravo, are massively into them. They discuss them at length. So that was kind of one of the main things that got me into conspiracies. Um, Mainly listen to podcasts when I'm studying. I always have to have someone on in the background. Um, Also when I'm working, if a piece of work is particularly boring or just to pass the time. Uh, The main thing that got me into conspiracies as a whole was a film called Zeitgeist 
So any of you have listened to conspiracy stuff before or researched them at all have probably seen it. Millions of people have seen it worldwide. So yeah, uh, Zeitgeist is a film that's on Netflix. Uh, it's all about conspiracy theories. It's probably the most mainstream conspiracy theory film there is out there. Um, it mainly focuses on religion and how a lot of religions actually stem from the same core story. So, for example, when they talk about the rising sun, i.e. Jesus Christ on Easter, which coincidentally is actually Easter today, um, that actually, he goes on to claim, refers to the sun rising as in the sun in the sky. Uh, and it's all based on kind of paganism and things like that. So it's quite interesting to see how a lot of religions stem from that. Also touches on 9-11, which is probably the biggest conspiracy theory of all time in terms of just the amount of theories and the amount of people who believe there's something not quite right with the official narrative. Uh, and also it touches on the banking system. So I think the main reason a lot of us are making this podcast is not only because we have an interesting podcast already, but obviously with coronavirus, which is the topic today, we're in lockdown. We don't have a great deal to do, great deal to do to fill our time. And we just want to see where it goes. So we hope you enjoy it. Okay, so the way this podcast is going to work is each of us have researched one or two conspiracies around the topic. We'll then individually explain ours very briefly and we'll then discuss them. We'll see what each of us thinks about it, see what our opinions are. And then at the end of that, we will give it a rating based on how we find the conspiracy, whether we thought it was interesting or not, and also on how believable we found it. So over to Luke to talk us through his first one. Thanks for that, John. Without further ado, let's get into our first conspiracy. So given the actual origin of the coronavirus outbreak is unknown, uh, and it's such a hot topic, you can imagine conspiracies have actually multiplied almost as fast as the virus itself. Something to do if somebody ate a bat, like a market. Yeah, it's basically it. Basically, it started in an illegal wildlife market from Wuhan. That's the main theory. And two creatures sold there are actually known coronavirus carriers. As John mentioned, one's bat. And I'm going to let you try and guess the other one. Um, the other one is actually like the most trafficked animal in the world and makes up 20% of the wildlife bat market. Uh, like do you guys want to give it a guess? So I'm wondering if you know, trafficking tigers could be on the up or maybe monkeys, something like exotic a... like that. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. thinking like a puffer fish. I know they're quite popular. Yeah, puffer fish are popular, and I actually tried one recently. I was going to say, they can it's kill not you. I thought training the chef to go through so good, to yeah. make it safe yeah. to so, Yeah, just well, literally just, just taste like normal fish, but I guess it's the uh, <laughs> fear, the fear that makes it taste so great. So, so the other the other creature that can carry coronavirus and is sold in these wildlife markets is a pangolin, and I don't know if you two knew it no. personally. I've no, never no, no. heard of it. So actually, um, they're like a small armadillo-like creature. They have quite a like scaly, hard shell. Um, given that, you'd assume that they probably don't taste well. But um, if this theory is to be correct and uh, it's spread from bats and pangolins, like yeah, well, I've never really looked at a bat yeah. or an armadillo and thought right. that looks like a good bite to eat. <laughs> so, according to the New York Times, pangolins taste bitter and actually quite like um, puffer fish. They are poisonous to eat. Um, apparently, the reason it's so popular is that it has medicinal qualities and. The quality of starting a worldwide pandemic is technically oh medicinal, goodness. so they're technically right. Uh, and bat, on the other hand, uh, at least it supposedly tastes like mutton, and it has to taste like chicken, so chicken of the cave. Quite a nice meal. <laughs> so it tastes like it's got the flavour of, what do you say, <laughs> lamb, but the texture of chicken. 
mutton guide chicken. I won't be I won't be ordering any in. I quite like the texture of chicken <laughs> and I quite like the taste of mutton to be honest. So <laughs> to be honest, actually the problem the problem with mutton uh, is the texture. So give me when this all blows over, oh. start introducing them to plates around here. So it's the only way to develop immunity. <laughs> Carried on from this. Some people may already know of the SARS outbreak in 2003. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming yeah, you guys I think, heard of it, right? Wasn't it reasonably similar, but it didn't spread anywhere near as badly as this? Yeah, spot on. So um, in 2003, the SARS outbreak spread out of China and mainly only infected Hong Kong, Taiwan, and Canada. Um, there was actually only a handful of cases. And I guess, luckily, in a weird way, SARS spread straight to the lungs. And because of that, symptoms showed quick. And this enabled the infected to be quarantined immediately and the spread to be stopped. Whereas obviously we know the current outbreak uh, kind of sticks in the throat for a bit and people are asymptomatic and are out spreading it. Despite this, though, 800 lives were lost. Um, and SARS was proven to have spread from civets that were sold and eaten from the same wet markets in China. And it wasn't until 2017 that Chinese scientists actually found the SARS virus originated from a cave of horseshoe bats. Um, so if I'm going to put a question to you two. If you two were the Prime Minister of the UK and you found out that a pandemic could start from eating bats and uh, bats were being sold in your Me, well, markets... You know, a sensible thing policy. to do would be to ban the sale of bats and to try and trace the distributors and the, so this, along the supply chain to find out who's actually been eating them. Maybe make some decisions based off that. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't even go that far. I'd just say absolutely ban them or have really strict regulation on them in terms of quality and things like that. Yeah, unfortunately, that wasn't done. There was no outright ban. Um, and although these wet markets are kind of informal, I mean, China has the power to impose regulations on anyone. Um, so that never happened. And you could always argue that this second outbreak was destined to come. I suppose you say that, but aren't these um, markets quite sort of cultural importance for Chinese? Being like places where people like to congregate, they've been existing for a long time. So maybe shut them down would be seen as quite an extreme measure, even for China. And the thing is, like when things are bad for you, you look at like cigarettes; they're still not banned. So if there's still a market, pardon the pun, for these bats and these things that are bad for you, I think it's going to be unlikely they'll be shut down in the future. Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, the informal sector in rural parts of China really do make up quite a big part of the uh, rural economy. And having been to a rural part of China myself, I actually ended up trying stuff like rabbit's head, pig ear, uh, no bat, but you know, oh. uh, you're not going to get much meat of a rabbit's head, but it's surprisingly delicious. Uh, as someone who's quite squeamish with food myself, uh, I never thought I'd try it. <laughs> Does it come as the head? Or just the meat. Just yeah, like just the meat. meat. On like, uh, yeah, it comes as the head, and you have to cut, kind oh, of like, s- scrape it off the cheekbone and stuff. It's not very easy to get hold of meat, as yeah, you can imagine. But... So, given a second outbreak was probably destined to come, enter December 2018, Dr. Li Wenliang, who actually went on to die from the virus, which is a conspiracy in itself, spotted a SARS-like virus in Wuhan. Now, of the first 40 patients. 21 had gone to this wet market in Wuhan, which we now know sold more than just diced chicken breast and minced beef. The rest is obviously history. The virus has nearly infected every nation in the world, and at the time of recording this, has killed over 110,000 people. And this leads us on to the next conspiracy regarding China covering up and quelling the true effect of the virus. <laughs> 
China doesn't really like to seem weak to the outside world and more importantly to its own people. Now we could talk all day about conspiracies surrounding China and I'm sure you guys can name a few. I've got a few in mind. Yeah, we could definitely do another episode on this. In essence, the government censors information available to its people to always be in their good books by controlling media and the internet. Can you guys imagine if we only had one source of news and that was the Daily Mail and you had and everyone just believed it? Enough people believe it as it is. But I know there are some people who solely read it and they have some pretty yeah, strong views. I mean, so I, I, guess, nation like that. Yeah, I guess that's what China like is one, one view. There's not much divergence in your political views at all. With SARS-1 still very much a sore topic in China, news of a potential second outbreak would be disastrous and hence officials were quick to shut down any rumours. The reason for such is unknown, but conspiracies lead us to believe they hope to control it before any other country found out about it. This could also be why, during the initial stages of the virus, they implemented the policy of not allowing Chinese nationals to leave the country, so Chinese nationals weren't found out to have a virus abroad, and hence the origin was never found. The idea also suggests they didn't want their own people knowing about it. Again, reasons for this are unknown, but it could be to stop widespread panic. As me and John know as economists, speculation can greatly damage the economy. As we saw with Callum himself going out and panic buying all over Asta. What was it you're getting, Callum? Toilet roll, sardines? Uh, sardines, lots of sardines. Lots of tassins. Tintin, was it? Uh, 12. You can never have enough sardines, can you? You can't have non-perishable. It's got to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just to caveat, I did not actually go out and panic buy toilet roll or pasta. I did buy a few sardines. <laughs> People, including Donald Trump, who we are unsure who he is, but we've heard he's a very reliable source. Very so smart Donald, man. I've heard that too. Yeah. I've heard that too. This Donald accused China of manipulating their figures once the virus was widespread news. I mean, you have to love a conspiracy when it comes from the president of the most powerful nation in the world, right? He does certainly like to fuel the flames. <laughs> so Donald, we're mentioning your conspiracy. We wouldn't mind a retweet on Twitter if, if that's not too much task. We know you're listening, don't be <laughs> He's on Twitter enough as well. Yeah. So obviously developed countries like the UK based their scientific models on figures from China and then implemented their policies to suit. Donald himself obviously cried, it's just a flu. And this probably comes from the low number of deaths in China. China has 1.5 billion people and 3,000 deaths from the virus. For context, Montenegro, with just two deaths from coronavirus, has more deaths per capita than China. That's crazy. I didn't realise China only had 3,000 deaths. Yeah. I knew they had like almost it was like 85,000 cases or something. But to I'm, have 3,000 deaths, especially when you look at how many we've got now, it's like well over 10,000. It's crazy, especially when a country like Montenegro, which is a footballing prowess, it's has just two deaths that. and it's still the, day, <laughs> still the same deaths per capita as China. That is crazy. Two deaths and the same per capita. Just stay safe, Montenegrins. Stay indoors. <laughs> strangely enough, the SARS-1 outbreak also shows very interesting figures coming out of China. Uh, sadly, well, actually not sadly, as we didn't want the virus to spread. We only have Hong Kong, Taiwan, and Canada to compare to. But China had a much lower death rate than everywhere else. China's death rate was 6% compared to Hong Kong, which had 18%. Now, the developed world's kind of been hit by the virus much worse than China. And 
I want to know what you guys think. Do you think this is down to poor scientific modeling and government policy by the US, the UK, etc.? Or do you think China actually manipulated their figures? And why would they do it? I think they're both. I think we could have acted earlier. I think a lot of people see that now, although hindsight is 2020. Um, but I'd be very surprised if China's figures are accurate because they are ridiculously low. Especially because it was ground zero. They've got quite high population density, massive population overall. But then again, you exactly. think... Exactly. All their stuff, all their population is concentrated in certain areas. Mm. You go in the middle of it, there's no one there. And there's a billion people. Um, if they were active, uh, knew it well, supposedly alerted to the virus what, quite a while before the actual spread was um, first reported, you'd think that there'd be uh, quite a lot more casualties, or at least cases confirmed. Yeah, but I think at the same time, you'd feel China is one of the few countries that can physically enforce its people stay indoors. We see here in the UK, there's still loads of people going out. People are going out for their daily exercise. People who would not go out for exercise once a year are now going out for their daily exercise. China could physically make people stay inside. True. That is true. Although I do think the majority of people here are sticking to it. But I mean, not. it's not an absolute lockdown, is it? You can still leave the house. So it's always going to spread a little bit. I suppose it's leaving the house, but it's also travelling 100 miles to the Peak District to go for a walk. Yeah. Like, Has someone done that? There's been reports of people off, going off to the Peak District, like something like 200 miles for a fishing trip, I saw. Years ago. And I guess, of course, there's the belief that wearing surgical masks actually do help stop the spread of the virus and that's why we've seen these Asian countries like Singapore and Hong Kong do so well, whereas Europe's kind of fallen apart. It was strange that, wasn't it? Because we were told initially they make no difference, don't bother. And now we're shipping in thousands of those masks for all our NHS frontline workers. I mean, yeah, I've always found it weird that people said masks are pointless considering doctors wear them in hospitals all the time. Well, it's going to do some in, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. A physical barrier over like, the place where the virus yeah. can enter. So it's probably more of a right. help than a hindrance. It's not going to increase your chance of catching the virus. Exactly, yeah. Which is why it's surprising we were told they were useless. But I, I guess at the same time, the UK is not exactly stocked up on masks. And it's definitely more important that it goes to our frontline NHS staff first. This is a bit of a tangent, but I wonder whether that, this is a conspiracy in of itself I've just thought of. I wonder if we were told that so that we didn't all panic by them, so that when yeah. we needed it and we were hit worse, we actually had enough around for like NHS stuff. I was thinking exactly yeah. the same thing. <laughs> I, I personally know that in Hong Kong, the um, price of surgical masks shot up over 100% when the virus first started there. Gosh. So if the government was having to buy masks that everyone in the country was panic buying, it would have been incredibly expensive. So that might be a conspiracy. There's definitely people hoarding in America. I saw some reports of people buying thousands of masks to when we fell on at much inflated prices. I think that got shut down. They did it with sanitizer as well. It's so immoral, isn't it? Although probably not legal. So I know this is the main theory and it's one that even BBC News have been going with as well. Um, So it's probably not the greatest conspiracy theory it's not that far stretched but i still want to hear a rating from you guys on its believability and also how good it is conspiracy itself i'll go with uh sorry i'll go with i think in terms of believability i mean it's high isn't it i think an eight for believability and i don't think you're going to find many conspiracies in the whole series of these that we do that are going to come much higher the entertainment value i mean 
a lot of it was kind of based on I suppose facts and stuff. There wasn't too too much far fetched stuff. So I'll, I'll give it a four on the actual conspiracy bit. But I'll give it an is, eight. On... Is starting a worldwide pandemic by eating a bat not interesting enough for you, John? <laughs> True, it is interesting, but I think it's just because we've been told it so often. I'm just used to it now. It's like it's normal. We need yeah, to spice it up a bit, which is where we come in later with our new theories. Well, anyway, I suppose, yeah, like like we've said, it's been quite well documented. Not so much well researched, but it's been running story for most major news outlets. It's so for it's got to be it's high on the believability scale. That's for sure. So eight point five to or even to a nine until we can yeah. possibly find out more information maybe some of these upcoming conspiracy theories might shed a little bit more light on the subject but as for a conspiracy when you do think is starting a worldwide pandemic by just eating a bat and then spreading um, people traveling across the world taking the virus with them unknowingly i give it a seven for a conspiracy it's like a plot, theory isn't it of a story yeah i think say fact is sometimes stranger than fiction yeah definitely so i said one guy into his, um, morning's bat soup Next, a few a few <laughs> weeks later, whole world is on its knees. Yeah. The apocalypse. Luke, what do you give it? Yeah, I'm going to be boring and kind of follow on with what you guys have said. I think this is going to be one of the highest scoring conspiracies we're ever going to have on this show for believability. I mean, eating known coronavirus carriers is probably destined to spread coronavirus. So I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 on the believability. In terms of conspiracy itself, it's a hard one because it's really interesting, but it's kind of a known theory and it's not too far-fetched. So I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10 for that. Cool. I think, Callum, have you got our next conspiracy theory for us? I do indeed. I think it's quite an interesting one. Okay, great. Hit me. Okay. Right, so our next conspiracy theory concerns the um, in recent installation of 5G technology and the coronavirus, where there's a crossover between the supposed symptoms being in of course, not by a coronavirus, but by actually the 5G technology and the coronavirus handy cover story. Yes, it seems very implausible, but I'll try and get our teeth into that. If you say implausible, but I've seen so many people like talking about it and, I mean, yeah. and saying that they believe it, and there's loads of things all over Facebook. I mean, someone burned down a 5G mast in Birmingham, didn't they? Exactly. So, so you've definitely seen these um, telegraph masts being burned down, and also um, workers being confronted about Black the Ripper as well. He got supposedly assassinated for talking about 5G and coronavirus. So. I think this is a big one. Conspiracy this is, in itself. This is in the news and conspiracy um, within a conspiracy, John. What do you call uh, that? Yeah. Conspiracy. <laughs> but I won't go conspiracy section in episode one. Uh, there's, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of uh, conspiracies around 5G. Looking forward to some future conspiracy sections. So. With 5G, there's, there's enough out there for a whole podcast on 5G alone, not just its links to the coronavirus. I've, I've actually got 5G on my phone. And I did, I really? did develop. I didn't know it was over it. I did yet. develop a cough when a Vodafone upgraded to 5G. So. <laughs> I haven't developed brain cancer, because that's what people seem to think that the uh, electromagnetic radiation from the 5G causes. We'll find out, kind of. We do, we do know that the elderly are avid users of 5G, so... Yeah, that's kind of it for all down already, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We'll let you carry, carry on. on. All over Twitter, it seems like even people, some high-profile celebrities, or Woody Harrelson tweeting out about the dangers of 5G. So... Jeez. So basically, a very impressionable audience, people who lack the critical thinking skills sometimes. So things sort of yeah. spread across the internet. And also, you can sort of 
I'm not say see where people are coming from, but the way that uh, these technology companies are scrambling to say, right, there's no, absolutely nothing wrong with 5G, get your 5G now, or it's great and brilliant. So those people who are naturally sceptical about things who also sometimes say, is it too oh, yeah. good true? But I still I feel, You can best. see why, because we didn't, I don't remember 3G or even 4G getting absolutely rammed down our throats. But I'm hearing so much about 5G positive and negative. Yeah. I feel as well, it's just like one of them things where people believe it can cause radiation right like if you stick your head in the microwave i i yeah. one of my one of my friends always used to go you tried sticking it in the microwave i have yeah i mean <laughs> one of my friends would always <laughs> go crazy i mean if i opened the microwave before it actually like pinged so i opened it when it's still like 28 yeah yeah timer that say that i'm gonna kill myself by doing that and expose the <laughs> radiation so yeah. i mean these are sen- well i say these are sensible people you just swore it out of your third arm. Or <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, but they say we're talking about 5G, but conspiracy theories around wireless connectivity have been around since the since its inception, really. From it's like... the dawn of time, hasn't it? <laughs> so you say the internet. The internet has spawned many conspiracy theories about the internet, about mobile networks, electromagnetic radiation. So some of these conspiracy theories surrounding particularly 5G network have, have a little bit of grounding, but that's more related to the, the ethical and security concerns, especially with the huge deal okay. for Huawei wanting to install our 5G. Um, we've had uh, Americans... Um, I mean, I, I'd also like to add, I have got a Huawei phone, and this podcast is being recorded on my Huawei phone. Yeah. So, can we please uh, play a bit low on the anti-China conspiracy? Oh, I'm sorry, everybody. Well, activate your sleeper <laughs> agency. To... Thank you. Thank you, Rim. No wonder we got cut off earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I say, back to the arson attacks and these uh, telegraph poles and the masts, it seems like they're linking the recent coronavirus pandemic to the installation of these um, 5g networks purely based on the time at which 5g is now reaching the masses and the coronavirus has also reached the masses both origin both originate from china i suppose so people like to put two and two together there but when, say, when was yeah. 5g first introduced then? i think it's around 2018 they just and, assume it has like a year and a half lag or something yeah but I say basically Wuhan had loads of 5G masts. Yeah, but I mean, it's a city of 11. It's just generally a correlation, but not causation. It's like based pure coincidence. Also, going back to the, the health concerns, in fact, there's no real conclusive evidence exists to support the claims that, say, the higher frequency of 5G waves compared to 3 and 4G can cause brain cancer. Yet, um, these conspiracy theories do believe that it, 5G poses a very real health risk that's being covered up by telecoms companies and the governments. So this is a little bit in there when you consider previous cover-ups and misinformation regarding things like asbestos and thalidomide. So, uh, yeah, I I guess my question is why they cover up the damaging effects of 5G. Do they want people to die? Or are they just happy to take money from telecommunications? Well, I think plenty of times in the past people have put money over, you know, life or illness or or things like that. It it wouldn't be the first time. Our government well, is lovely, John. You'd have to assume the government are in on it. It might not be. It could be a telecoms, like a 5G. But it's a really uh, heavily regulated industry, right? It is, but they've admitted themselves, because I've heard about it before, that, that they didn't actually do very much testing. You know, uh, I can't remember his name, but somebody in the US uh, on Donald Trump's, I don't know what the cabinet equivalent is, but he basically came out and said, well, we're going to bypass all the initial testing you need for 5G because we think the economic benefits will outweigh 
um, any potential things that could go wrong by by kind of being a front runner and being a leader in the market rather than lagging behind everyone else. So okay, yeah. th- there is some weight to that. The arguments that links the 5G to health risks seems to be based upon the increased um, frequency of the waves when in fact an increased frequency of a wave reduces its power so a higher frequency of um, electromagnetic radiation increases its safety. So and also oh, okay. the original research paper that was published, I say, erroneously, also failed to account for the protective effects of human skin, which can shield against intense radiation like the sun. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I'm sat outside in the garden today and I'm not tan, so my skin's doing a lovely job. Yeah, you say that, but I was out for about 10 minutes and I'm <laughs> Maybe I am vulnerable yeah. to 5G, you might be it's all right. right. This thought pattern is extended to link 5G to the coronavirus epidemic, suggesting that 5G weakens immune systems and increases the spread of the virus. And another school of thought, I say school of thought very loosely, is that... Um, They're shut, Yes, right? they are shut. But uh, <laughs> that's what I was saying. Uh, online conspiracy theory from their online classes. Yeah. They never should. So is that um, the coronavirus is actually a cover-up for symptoms that are caused directly by 5G. But then these same people pushing this theory also deny basic medical facts claim that you cannot catch a virus and vaccines cause autism. We're well known there's been yeah. many um, spiritual illnesses spread by coughs, diseases, close contact that originate from viruses. And also, going back to the argument of like the 5G masks being the ones causing the main spread of it... It's um, that China was the first to widely install 5G technology is debunked by the fact that one of the highest concentrations of cases occurred in Iran, in which there's no known 5G technology. Does anyone know anyone in Iran with Not personally. I actually, yeah, I actually do know. Do you know someone in Iran now? And they Reza. are. <laughs> not, not the Charlton football legend, Reza Gujanya. And they are on lockdown right now. But, I mean, I don't know if they know anyone with the virus. It could be their government putting them on lockdown. If yeah, you, you don't know. That kind of thing. I think it was quite a slow uh, reaction to the virus over there. As far as I'm aware, they seem to disregard it as being dangerous. Well, they seem to be doing a lot better than us if uh, you don't go back to the early conspiracy that countries can manipulate figures. Yeah. They are doing better than the UK based on statistics we have available. That's mad. Because I, I remember when yeah. it, maybe if you go back like a week or two, it was like main massively fucked ones. Italy, Iran, and now I mean, we're South quickly Korea emerging. Though, as well, which is crazy. Yeah, I, and now it's like UK, the US, like all the developed ones who are supposedly the best equipped for yeah. a uh, an outbreak. I suppose, just suppose that's why it's to 5G. I mean, we've got mass rollout of 5G. The US has mass rollout of 5G. And I think South Korea have more 5G uh, mass than anywhere else in the country. Per uh, I think South Korea have the fastest internet in the world. Exactly. Well, I suppose that's it's, it's a bit of a link. Could again, I think, I think you need be two it plus two is five. But thing. yeah, <laughs> those BTS marks on a mad one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, but going back to but say figures again, but we're pretty much more honest with our figures, given that most of our cases can actually get to hospitals. So much more official recording of statistics. So that be no. If you ask Blue Van Man, he couldn't get a bed for loving the money. Well, I suppose it's, uh, individual cases, but um, when talking about the majority, we've got. Well, well, the hospital beds are filling up, but most people can get to hospitals. Whereas some of these lesser developed countries don't know how many people have just got it, have died from it, have not been recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there were supposedly mass graves on being built in Iran. Yeah, I heard about those. Yeah, if someone saw like a satellite yeah. view of it, but I don't, I don't yeah. know how much truth's in it. Mm. It's on BBC News, actually. Funny enough. Oh wow! Not much. Then. My go-to <laughs> source, guys. Uh, 
Shoot. I suppose uh, if we were to draw this one to a close, the most concerning thing as we touched on earlier is how widespread this conspiracy is and how many different people um, in the public eye especially are actually spreading as if it's um, stolid facts which could definitely influence their mass followings and just cause yeah, it like... to spread like a virus on the internet, especially when you consider like, the echo chamber communities and places like Twitter and Reddit. Yeah. Especially when Lee Ryan from Crew said it. I mean, he's still got a massive following, hasn't he? Still got a place in my heart as well. <laughs> Sadly, I'm not following him on this one, but, you know, everything else he says, no. I worship. You never know. We might get him on one day. He can talk about <laughs> it. I'd love to get Lee Ryan on. Lee Ryan from Blue, if you're listening. <laughs> Drop us a line, mate. And a comment. And a... Hey, that bell, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Should we get on to the rating? Yeah, I think also the rating. So for me, right. so in terms of believability, um, it's a solid... Say a solid, it's a, it's a two on this one for me. <laughs> but as a conspiracy theories go, it's got everything you'd want from one. It's got misleading yeah. the public, government's cover-ups, public health, and also potential meddling by the powers that be. So as an overall conspiracy theory, it's got a solid eight for me. As just purely rating on a conspiracy theory. I'll, no, I'll agree with you there, Callum. I, f- I think it's a very good conspiracy theory to the extent it's got people burning down 5G masks. Like, yeah. it's, spread, it's spread like the virus has itself, as you said. Um, bringing Callum of... back to his black metal days, that is. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of believability, I do want to give it a one, but I feel like I have to reserve a one for absolutely outlandish, ridiculous conspiracy theories. Um, Might be one of them coming up, you never know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I will. You know what, I'm going to say two is a very outlandish theory too. So I'm, I don't believe, I'm just saying I don't believe in the slightest, but I'm going to give it a three. That's fair enough. And John, do you want to chip in? It really sounds like a population uh, density problem to me. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've kind of seen maps that show the masks and the cases of coronavirus and they're like identical. But then I've also seen a map over the top of population density and it's also the same map. Yeah. So You're it's saying, very much kind of correlation, not causation. Masks in big cities, there's going to be more people in big cities. Exactly. Um, but I will I will go higher than you guys, I think. I, just the fact that, that the US government have so openly admitted they haven't done testing that we know radiation can be harmful. You know, we don't know a great deal about 5G as much as some people would say that we do. I mean, the fact that it has been brushed through testing. But equally, I mean, I don't like the idea that, that the government or the telecoms industry is so corrupt that they would allow something this dangerous to be rolled out en masse. So I think for believability, I'll go, I might go a, a three and a half. I'll be awkward and go in the middle. But then as a conspiracy, yeah, same as you guys. It's like an eight or a nine out of ten conspiracy. It's it's got everything. Right there we go. Then that's five G and the coronavirus. So John, what have you got for us now? What's your theory? Cheers for that, Callum. My next theory is a bit more believable than the other two. Mine is all around the fact that Prince Philip has actually died and been reincarnated as the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> now I do want to preface this because I do know that some of the royal family are actually fans of this. So I do want to say I don't really believe this one. This is more of an entertainment one. I don't want to get whacked like Diana. Oh, you can't be saying that. So... That, that probably will be in a future episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully we can touch on that because there's quite a lot of interesting stuff hey, around Any chance we can get Diana on? <laughs> I don't think so. No, no, how advanced is 5G? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in 1988, in an interview, Prince Philip stated, in the event that I'm reincarnated... I would like to return as a deadly virus to contribute something to solving overpopulation. Now, I think this is such a weird thing to say anyway. It, it seems to have come so out of the blue. 
do we know he said this for a fact? Is is this like a video interview? Uh, it's on like a proper Q and A. There's like a proper okay. proper interview oh. is all typed out. I don't know if it's recorded. It's I, I've seen it pop up though because when I was yeah. researching it and trying to find it, there were articles talking about it from like 2010, yeah. 2016. So it's happened before. People have brought it up before, but. I mean, it, let's face it, he said a lot worse than that. Yeah, he definitely has. And for the, <laughs> for the purpose of this conspiracy, we'll, we'll believe it's 100%. Exactly. The rest of it is, so why wouldn't this be? Exactly. This whole thing is 100%. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we know like the, the royal family are very religious. You, you see all the royal weddings in huge churches and talk about God quite a lot. Uh, and obviously they're Christian. So to talk about reincarnation, I, it's just a strange thing to say. I mean, by definition, Christianity is not a religion that believes in reincarnation so i think a lot of the kind of fuss around this is that it's so specific when he's talking about literally being reincarnated as a population controlling disease um when he isn't even a believer in reincarnation i suppose if you, while staying on the topic of reincarnation it you you, well, you won't know this about me because you're a new listeners but i'm not religious and neither of the other two co-hosts unless something's changed in the last day no no it hasn't so yeah, but the basic premise of reincarnation, in case you don't know, is that when you die, you, you live a new life as a new creature. So you might be a human, you might be a worm. The animal that you become reincarnated as depends on the standard to which you lived your previous life. So for example, I think Hitler at the moment is rocking around as a stag beetle. Hey. Um, but that would kind of imply that Prince Philip, in a previous life, in order to now be living as a, as a prince of England, one of the wealthiest countries of all time, would have lived a pretty moral life. This process goes on indefinitely. So as a prince, you could kind of assume that he lived a pretty moral life previously, which makes this statement even weirder. You know, if he's a nice person and he's been a nice person previously, I don't know why I'd all of a sudden want to wipe out the entire population, especially in the form of something as, as what can be quite brutal, like coronavirus. He's basically envisaging himself as the real world's Thanos. And we all know how that played out. I think I think we all know that... Um... Prince Philip's a very interesting, unique character. And Big fan of Marvel Comics as well, I heard. <laughs> yeah. He said some very interesting things. So, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. I imagine he probably said this as a joke, but I like, yeah. I like this conspiracy a lot. And uh, I don't know if any of you have seen um, Carl Pilkington on An Idiot Abroad, where he goes and visits a tribe that worships Prince Philip. I have actually, yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. he goes and visits a tribe. The worst it's Prince Philip. I could be wrong, but I be- no, I'm probably totally wrong. I believe it's somewhere in the uh, Pacific. Uh, maybe. Uh, can you be a bit more Pacific? Hey, yeah. But essentially, <laughs> there's this tribe. They worship Prince Philip. Now, I'm not saying this conspiracy is true, but I don't believe this uh, tribe has any coronavirus cases right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> if that is an absolute pure. It's a massive hotspot hot for 5G masts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they do worship him because he visited them and was apparently nice to them. So maybe he's a nice guy. Maybe this can't be true after all. Um, But rumours have been circulating for years, actually, that Prince Philip is dead, which seems a strange thing to say. So going back to the um, Prince Philip being dead, you'd think if he's been dead, you'd want to keep him out of the public eye as much as possible and not doing things like crushing his legend or anything. Well, maybe (laughs) to try and make people believe he's still alive. People wouldn't believe that they'd make something up as crazy as that yeah well, so you got me there question but, is yeah but he has right. had a few say a little few gaffes few slips of the tongue even so fast yeah so, I, I, I mean if he, if he said it i 
believe he probably said it as a joke. He seems quite a jokey character, really. I think you're probably right. Yeah. But um, I'll just touch on the, the fact that he may or may not be dead, just just to bring it down a bit. So, yeah, as recently as the 20th of March this year, there were rumours a 98-year-old, get this, had died of coronavirus. <laughs> so he's actually killed himself. <laughs> He's reincarnated. Right, I'm not gonna, like, virus has killed himself. I did not see that one coming. <laughs> Neither did it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that kind of sums it up. I mean, <laughs> this theory relies on so many givens. Like, for example, reincarnation is real, which opens up a whole other kind of worms, re-religion, which we'll, we'll probably visit another time, actually. Um, and obviously, Prince Philip would have to have died for this to hold anyway, whatsoever. So yeah, what are your guys' thoughts? Do you think coronavirus is actually Prince Philip having been reincarnated as a deadly disease? Definitely not. <laughs> What's your rating, boy? So I have my rating. I will continue on believability. I think I'll have to get a one. If this doesn't get a one, I don't know what will. But, but <laughs> as for conspiracy theory in itself, 10 out of 10. That's brilliant. Whoever thought of this one has <laughs> linked all these coincidences together. It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be boring and have to agree with Callum. I think this is one of the most fantastic conspiracies I've ever heard, to be honest. It's, it's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Believability, I'm not religious, but I, I really like the idea of reincarnation. It sounds cool. Yeah, I do. Um, not maybe not as coronavirus, but it's like a. Well, I would say a dog, but well, I might get eaten. Say that you get to meet a lot of people if you have coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Form lots of close um, bonds. Yeah, exactly. Um, this this is a believability that I've been saving. It's a one out of ten. Already blown your load on the first podcast with that one believability. Yeah. Well, we can have a zero out of ten. Come on, he's blown his load on a one before. Now. <laughs> 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 Okay, Luke, so have you got a second conspiracy theory about coronavirus for us, please? You're damn right, I have, John. The next next theory I've got for you is that the virus was created in a biological lab in Wuhan and was released by China for biological warfare purposes to cause havoc in the world and crash the world economy because it's not like the world economy will crash on its own anyway. To go with this conspiracy, China made Wuhan take a hit first so it didn't seem a little bit too suspicious that they weren't affected by the virus. I suppose what also weighs into that is that there's the, Wuh- the Wuhan Institute of Viruses or something along those lines. We've got some yeah. major laboratories there, which could have been where the virus is created, if you were to believe this theory. I think I'll say about that is that links back to 5G, I guess, could be population density. Wuhan is a city with 11 million people. London has, what, like 8 million and. I don't actually know for a fact, but I'm assuming a city like London will have like some kind of biological lab. Oh yeah, there's, so there's one assume, in Nottingham, I think. So it's yeah, definitely one in London. Most major cities have these kind of biological labs. But yeah, I mean, Wuhan does definitely have a biological lab. Yeah, that ain't yeah, it is plausible for sure. Um, and obviously, we know biological warfare is probably being experimented. It's been used in the past, right? I would say, if, if say for this um, with biological warfare, though, you'd think. So the coronavirus will be about one percent, one to three percent of the absolute worst case of mortality rate. And that if you really want to do population control, it's not the most efficient way. As well, you could yeah. do much more aggressive strains of the virus if it was created in the laboratory. I mean, Spanish flu was at the end of World War One. Maybe Spain accidentally released it as they're anticipating an attack on Spain in World War One. Obviously, they stayed out of the war, but Germany was yeah. every, everyone so. Maybe they're pulling the strings, you know. Yeah. Conspiracy theory for another time, perhaps. 
Yeah. So so this conspiracy kind of leads down the line that um, throughout history, obviously most countries have tried to become more powerful in some way or another. And even more is at stake when the aim is to become like the number one hegemonic world power, which China kind of has now. Obviously, we know after, sadly, the British Empire declined, America became the world's number one superpower and China is its only likely challenger. And with America seemingly unlikely to decline anytime soon and hitting China with big trade sanctions, like what, what other way could China possibly gain number one status? Yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's a motive, isn't it? I mean, people have done worse things in the name of war and, and world domination than this. Well, debatable, <laughs> but... <laughs> I mean, the Holocaust, the Holocaust is close. Oh, but um, yeah, I think it's a biological kind of attack and to try and weaken, as well as after these trade sanctions have actually hit China quite yeah. hard. They're now the only ones whose economy has grown during the virus. So I, I think it's got legs as well, potentially. I think, I, think, I think the thing with China's economy is still growing is that you have to kind of put it into perspective, right? China's still a developing country that experiences quite large growth rates. So a growth rate of, I, th- I think we've seen like 0.3% in China is still a massive, massive shrinking in the size of the economy because it should be growing a lot. Like, the economy has been shrinking, I'll say shrinking, it's been slowing down. But what I mean is like a 0.3% yeah. growth rate for China is yeah. comparable to like a 3% drop for the UK. I mean, I'm not sure how, exactly how much China's economy has been growing lately, but that's still a big shrinking What I will say is the trade sanctions that America has imposed on China, I mean, it hasn't stopped them exporting, right? It's just made them export the virus instead of toys. So there you go. (laughs) I guess you think it's playing chess, not checkers. I think America's expecting uh, some counter sanctions, a few tariffs here, bit of uh, stock dumping there. No, we'll release a virus instead. I won't see that coming. Yeah, I was in no chill from China. And then also, as Callum mentioned, there is this biological lab in Wuhan. Um, and there is actually a mention. This is quite crazy. There's a mention of a... Are you yeah, about to talk about the book? There's a mention of yeah, a Wuhan virus spreading out of the Wuhan biological lab in a 1981 novel, The Eyes of Darkness, by Dean Koontz. Um Well, I think I think we'll all agree, right, that if China had planned on doing this, they would have definitely have told Dean Koontz in 1981 just so we could tease. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what... what, what you yeah. can't say you weren't <laughs> warned. They, they did uh, choose Dean Coots as the uh, messenger. Just for just a brief touch on there, there's actually two laboratories in Wuhan. One is the Institute of Virology and the other is the Wuhan Centre for Disease Control. So it's like they've got a place to um, create the virus and they've also got the place to manage its oh, release. Okay. It's convenient, that, isn't it? Very, very. So it's a bit of... But then again, like we said earlier, every, most big cities will have their laboratories. And I suppose that's where the place will have the most effect if you were to subscribe to the thought that it was deliberately released. Yeah. Why subscribe to that thought as well? You may subscribe to our podcast hey, on YouTube. Thank you very much. a good link. I like that. <laughs> and so, like, if we start to like analyse this theory that China's done this to kind of crash the world economy, we might see how world economies are doing, as we kind of touched on. The UK, America western world economy is totally totally crashing however china's main allies actually seem to be coping comparatively well with the virus china doesn't exactly have loads of allies but considering its population russia is kind of smashing the coronavirus and north korea has zero yeah. cases and there's no conspiracy there guys that's a hundred percent fact north korea yeah. has zero cases <laughs> because they um dispose of the individuals who are just exhibiting symptoms before they can really be counted as coronavirus cases. Like uh, 
anger, Mr. As if I do that. I, I think we're definitely <laughs> doing an episode on North Korean conspiracies because 100 is the Prince Philip conspiracy and easily get hundreds and hundreds of <laughs> Talking of North Korea and the royal family, actually, did you know um, they North Korea released a stamp to commemorate Prince Charles and Lady Diana's wedding? I did not know that. Crazy. Uh, no, so I so to reconsider so, our relationship. Exactly, yeah. I think, I think a lot of respect for that. Such diplomacy should not yeah. go unnoticed. <laughs> so the message really coming uh, out of this theory is don't start, don't start a trade war with China. So how believable do you think this one is? Ooh, do you want to go with your options first or should we give ours? I mean, as far as conspiracies go, it's slightly more believable than your average conspiracy, I guess. Because yeah. countries have done crazy things in the past to try and become more powerful. <laughs> and obviously China does want to overtake America and probably would like to see the American economy suffer a bit. But at the same time, despite this trade war, China does massively rely on trade with America and the American economy and the world economy crashing is pretty disastrous for China because China's economy totally relies on its exports. So it just seems stupid that they do this really. So believability, slightly more believable than Prince Philip. (laughs) (laughs) This is a 2.5 ad. 2.5. You've changed the tune. Okay, do you want to? I will give mine now. I've suppose amazing what you make uh, say some logical points there. You do wonder though how much of what we know goes on in these government meetings, how much control they can exert, especially say with, with China, they have very tight restrictions on how people can behave, their social credit scheme and everything that brings. But as for like the economic implications of crashing the entire world's economy just to get back at America does seem slightly outrageous, especially how much they export. But I'm not 100% disagreeing with the fact that China has the potential to engineer a virus and also the means to set it out across the world. So I'm going to say believability around a four. I think think to follow on, actually, uh, I think it'd be interesting to get your believability on the um, theory that it was accidentally released from this Wuhan laboratory. So it kind of goes along similar lines to this theory that there's a lab but instead of being released it was accidentally released i think i prefer I that because um it would yeah. make sense that they would cover that up in the beginning and then come and clean do, exactly. you wouldn't do and that if you'd released it as like an active I do feel war would countries you? would be creating these as deterrents maybe or just in case so well america and russia have both kept samples of smallpox yeah. just in case apparently they, they, they've still kept it, even though it's supposed to have been eradicated. That, that's a so, yeah, it's certainly one guys. That's not that they've kept yeah, from job <laughs> That's actually Carl Pilkington's <laughs> own conspiracy theory. I suppose, <laughs> as a professor, Slughorn would say in Harry Potter, just for research. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I'll give that one... Uh, I'll give the initial one that it was an act of war. I, I'll give it a 4 out of 10 for believability. Uh, in terms of entertainment as a conspiracy... It's got a lot of things you look for, hasn't it? So I'll give it an eight. It's got an act of war. It's got messing with your living genetics. <laughs> it's got worldwide impact. So yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it an eight. It's an entertaining conspiracy. All right, yeah, I forgot to give my rating, but I would also, not to be boring, but I think eight as well. Right, it's way up there on the old conspiracy theory yeah. sliding scale. I'm glad I picked such an interesting conspiracy for you two. I have tried my hardest, so it's hard, it's nice to hear my hard work's paying off. Callum, I hope you've got an <laughs> as interesting theory for us now. 
must admit that China releasing the Wuhan virus deliberately or accidentally is a tough act to follow, but I believe I can maintain the current bar. With my conspiracy that the coronavirus is actually an environmental ploy to reverse the effects of climate change and to preserve the world's population by, let's say, culling slightly, ripping the fat, so to speak. <laughs> it's a bit more of a niche theory, has not too much solid research for obvious reasons, but it's one that's been postulated in various online communities and it is linked to other theories. It's a population control measure designed to tackle the current global climate crisis, which may or may not be happening based on whose thoughts you subscribe to. Are you used to subscribe subliminally to try and get people to subscribe? I'm generally not, but it's just the way it's it's a conspiracy in itself, (laughs) the amount of times that subscribe has been said. (laughs) Get the transcript. It's it's not subliminal, (laughs) but all three of us definitely used to watch Darren Brown. Oh, damn right. If you get the transcript of this, every first letter, actually, of each sentence we've said, spells subscribe now. (laughs) If I do... I've got to stop the podcast right there. That's too many conspiracies. I'll do a conspiracy on the first episode of the Co Conspirators podcast. Episode 100 of the conspiracy of our podcast. Let's write that one down. One meal special. special. Anyway, back to the matter at hand. Climate change conspiracies are hardly a novel concept. Don't have to look very far to find communities attempting to debunk the notion that man made pollution is contributing to the increase in temperature and potential consequence for human life. But then again, the flip side argument, the old Extinction Rebellion, seems to be rife with hypocrisy, scaremongering, underhand tactics, which hardly provides a rational course of action to preserve the planet's future. Which then, again, we've got plenty of topics for another podcast about the environmental conspiracies. But how it links to coronavirus is basically that the uh, lockdown measures have placed severe restrictions upon travel, meaning that flights have been grounded, ships docked, cars remain on driveways, so CO2 emissions are decreasing by unprecedented levels, representing the potential for a first drop in global pollution since the economic downturn of 2008. I think I think as well, um, they're saying there's like dolphins in Venice. And Venice. Yeah, I heard that. And in place where I go on holiday, well, not really holiday, but where I've got family up in Wales, They've yeah. had like goats come down from the mountains down into the actual town centre. So it seems like nature yeah. is is almost flourishing. But, yeah. So as you said, like lowering pollution levels has led to better air quality readings in very very polluted areas like Los Angeles, where they can actually see blue skies instead of the usual smog and clouds, which has led to theorists suggesting that the coronavirus was released deliberately in a sinister effort to heal the planet. In a scenario that could draw a parallel to the Mitchell and Webb sketch, where the government decides to quote unquote run the numbers on killing all the poor people to solve a recession, one might wonder what sort of testing simulations scientists are running in the ongoing efforts to combat climate change. Have they actually thought about the potential for a population cult to see how it would affect the planet? I can see why this one would gain traction because you've seen even world leaders i mean going back to my man phil but like talking about overpopulation how it is a problem and then something like this that can wipe out a huge amount of people but also will leave animals alone and um, will, will kind of leave nature alone while only targeting humans and also in densely populated areas because that's how it's going to spread I, I, I can see why people would kind of clutch at straws and go, go along with this one I think the thing that sticks out to me is saving the environment and saving the planet seems like quite a noble and moral thing to do. So to go about it in a way like this almost seems kind of contradictory. The idea would be that you're sacrificing something now for the greater good in the future. Like hot fuzz. 
Yeah, exactly. And also, in an interesting turn of events for this conspiracy, reports emerged that suggested Greta Thunberg had exhibited symptoms of the virus, which definitely casts further doubts on this rock solid theory. <laughs> Surely the global elites would know better than <laughs> to risk endangering the poster child for the climate crisis. Jokes aside, this theory is almost certainly complete nonsense. Our global overlords care far more about economic prosperity to risk it for the sake of the environment. And the coronavirus hardly yeah. represents the most efficient method of population control. Especially when they'll be dead. Like, the planet isn't going to blow up in our lifetime or anything. So if people alive, it, it, it'd be strange that they'd care that much, despite being people so do, selfish in another way. They care a lot. I think, I think delving a bit deeper into this, if, if you were to want to do this, where would you start? <laughs> China does seem like, well, ground zero. But then again, you think if they want to preserve the economy as well, China contributes a lot. Yeah, but a lot, a lot in what way? Like, they produce a lot, but they produce so much pollution and a lot of what they're good to plastic and things like that. So you can see why you'd want to maybe hit them hardest. Yeah, but um, this may seem outlandish, the fact that the global elite, the vase of the world, have decided to cull the population to preserve the planet all the maybe the climate scientists have finally gotten through them and realised it's the most drastic but most necessary course of action there is something slightly more plausible that could come out of this which is that the fact that the current lockdown measures could inform a new wave of population control in countries outside of China almost like following the Chinese blueprint of their social, uh, one of, um, social system with their oh, I see you tracking a lot of tracking yes tracking all sorts of movements uh, so for example, Hong Kong has a system where if you have come into Hong Kong, you get like a, a tag on you and it kind of tracks your movements wherever you go so that they can check who you've been in contact with. So if you do get the virus, they can easily tell like who you've been in contact with. I feel like you could just take Sounds it off creepy, yeah. something on your wrist. But I mean, I'm, I don't really personally yeah, know. Yeah. I believe now China has come out of lockdown. There's also a phone app kind of system that they have to keep scanning so that they can be tracked for the same purpose so that they know who's been in contact with who and stuff like that in case it does start spreading again i mean it's not a bad idea but just the idea that you've been tracked everywhere you go and almost given like a black mark that you've had coronavirus or haven't i think let's bring it closer to home you have an argument certain governments have pushed for tighter restrictions on monitoring of their citizens so there's other like tighter internet restriction bills have been presented to parliament in recent memory Net neutrality, no, I suppose America has more of an issue, but we've definitely had things over here where if the government wants to monitor what you're searching for on the internet. And there's always been massive pushback. So I suppose they need an excuse to implement something like that. And coronavirus and is going to slide it under the guise of the environmental implications, which while the drastic action is needed, there would have to be a massive change to status quo with regards to the economy and everything that comes with that for people's jobs and livelihoods mm. in order to really enact they're pushing for the Paris Climate Agreement so I, I, to, to get the emissions down to these levels that are supposed to be acceptable. But. I do wonder here how the UK would play this lockdown release because they have been talking about releasing younger people first and then kind of staggering it until eventually everyone can come out of lockdown. So I do wonder how they would possibly track that without some kind of like phone system. I can, really yeah, I can see like why they've done it in China and how it kind of works and how the UK could implement that too. But it's kind of worrying for post-coronavirus that this kind of thing would exist. Yeah, I suppose it does represent a, a potential for a major attack on the civil liberties that we've grown to take for granted before this lockdown. And even though so it's a bit of a joke that the UK has one of the highest concentrations of CCTV cameras, yeah, yeah in the world, we are a relatively it? free country as free countries go. 
So to see that change is something that maybe not our government, but conspiracy theorists believe that the invoking of a new world I mean, or everything that comes along with that completely population. You've also seen the quality yeah. of CCTV cameras. They can have as many as they want. Yeah, it, it, it does baffle yeah. Awful, aren't How many, they? Is that the quality of things you can get on a tiny little phone, exactly. tiny little cameras, don't think yeah. HD quality images and beyond. And the CCTV is still a few fuzzy squiggles. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's, I think, it's, again, something for another time, that. Yeah, it generally is. We're just creating new content, not even thinking about it. But anyway, just to, to wrap this exactly. one up, say we'll go for a rating. I'll say believability. Anyone have any thoughts? Um, I mean, again, it's a really good conspiracy column. Great work. <laughs> He didn't come up with it. You say that. I was, I was, I was, <laughs> was my. I was thinking around the area, the environmental, but these sort of lockdown implications. I was a little bit off my head as yeah. well as what I found. But I think believe. I think it, believability. There is a lot of passionate people out there uh, regarding climate change, and these people we know will go to extremes to get their message across, whether it be gluing mm-hmm. themselves to pavements or whatever. Setting I guess on fire. Um, exactly, yeah. and I. I guess climate change extremists have right now is that the president of the most powerful nation in the world doesn't believe in climate change and then the second most powerful country in the world china doesn't really care about climate change either so their message is kind of worthless so i guess this could be a a tactic they have to try and reduce climate change so in that sense i guess it's quite believable um for me personally not very believable but it's probably i I think it's (laughs) marginally more believable than the um biological warfare theory so i'm going to give it a mm-hmm. i can't even remember what i gave that now but i'm going to give this one a 3.01 out of 10 because i think i gave <laughs> that a three so there we go there we go john what do you think uh i don't i'm not buying it really i just don't think all the people in charge of climate change would, would be able to come together and agree to something like this i, I don't think there'd be yeah. consensus enough to roll it out you said it's and there's been no guarantee it work. Yeah. So I'll give it a 3 out of 10 for Believably, and I'll give it a 7 out of 10 for right, so Conspiracy. I'll... Just because you good, mentioned good, Greta. Right, and for my ratings, I suppose, depending on what um, level degree of the scale, whether it's purely to eradicate humans or it's, uh, to preserve the planet, or it's just solely eating some type of population control. For Believability, I'm going to go about maybe a 4 on this one, erring towards the more population or the keeping tabs on the population argument. And for the conspiracy theory in itself, I think it's a solid seven as well. Yes. Who's the man? John, have you got some final conspiracy theory for us? Yep. I'll round up everybody. If you've made it this far, give yourself a pat on the back because this has been been heavy. So for that reason, I'm going to keep this one quite short, even though it's actually (laughs) my longest one. So this one is all around a vaccine for coronavirus. So... As we'll, as Callum's kind of touched on, and we will probably touch on at a later date, it kind of centres around a very common conspiracy theory that a small number of wealthy individuals or corporations actually run the world and have a plan for where they want the world to go. So people like the Illuminati or the New World Order. So it states that the coronavirus was introduced in order to cause mass hysteria and have record numbers of people sign up for a vaccination in order to protect themselves, making it seem like a threat is imminent to their health. Now, because of this kind of desperation, people would maybe more be more willing, A, to sign up, but B, to kind of ignore the fact that it had been fast-tracked and not tested enough, which would give the government or the elites who control it or whatever the opportunity to kind of mess with this vaccination and use it for their own gain. So there's a few different reasons and a few different things that people think might be in this vaccine. The first one involves microchipping, 
So this might sound far-fetched, but microchips in humans are already very much a reality. In 2016, the US Navy discussed plans to plant GPS chips into everyone in the US in the interest of safety and security in order to track them, but also to aid warfare mm. tactics. So they would literally be able to move people like pieces on a chessboard. Oh, they find a big war. Which is that easy on doing war zone. Four people. I know, yeah. It's just hard enough. Do that. Coordinate 350. Yeah, this podcast hard enough to coordinate. Also in 2017, a company in Wisconsin called Three Square Market chipped 41 of its employees with their permission and gave them t shirts saying, I've been chipped. Uh, and this was so they could trial a payment system where you no longer need a wallet and can pay for I'm items sure this quite literally with a flick of the wrist. It I've seems seen like it, doesn't it? This, really. If David Icke's a big believer in this whole um, descent to a total control through the use of microchipping. Exactly. I mean, linked onto it, it basically. But yeah, we're already moving to a cashless society in a lot of ways with things like your touch cards. Well, they call contactless cards. That's what I'm looking for. Things like that and online banking. People are using cash less and less. So if you can get all banking online or even through a microchip, if somebody misbehaves or, or commits a crime or something, you can just shut them off from society and they can't buy anything anymore. Seems like um, that in Sweden. And so I could also just sort of like social engineering sort of tell people... I use this to manipulate the way people think, how they act, keep them in line. Exactly, like herding sheep. In Sweden, they're even further ahead as well. They had 4,000 people chipped by 2018 and 10,000 by 2020. So the chips in Sweden store like their emergency contact details. So you need to phone 999 or, or someone finds you passed out, they can scan like a thing on their phone into your arm or wherever the chip is and it will give you all their details, like a little bit about you. <sighs> But the weirdest thing about that is you you have to pay $180 for that to be implanted into you. So people are actually signing up for things like that to be chipped. It really is. I don't think there's enough money in the world that would make me be... Yeah. Um, So the the kind of theory around the chips is that it would be in the vaccine. So people would unknowingly and unwillingly get like a, a vaccine with a chip in it. At last, though, we've got the, something to get behind the anti-vax community for. They've been saying for years how vaccines are problematic. <laughs> They're right all along. Exactly. And it wouldn't be the first time that a, a vaccine would be harmful. Uh, Callum touched on again. Thalidomide uh, in the 1960s led to over 2,000 children in the UK being born with deformed or missing limbs due to the use of a child sedative. That, that was also because it got rushed through testing. It was tested on animals and there was nothing wrong. It wasn't really tested on humans. So if the coronavirus one is kind of rushed through testing as well and there's this mass hysteria to everyone signing up to have it, they could have detrimental effects whether they're intentional or not. As well, so it's quite interesting how that links in. Yeah, it's. I think that would be a more believable side to the vaccination one that, that this vaccine could be harmful, but not intentionally yeah. just because they missed something in the testing rather than the, the kind of a bit more warped <laughs> microchip one. But yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I just gave you a whistle. I said it's quite, so quite a lot of stuff to impact there, but... I say we're going along this theory of the control element of keeping people in check and everything. There is definitely some believability there. I mean, a bit is very dystopian, but you can think this is what governments are thinking just to yeah. potentially reduce crime rates in the interest of security as well, monitoring people, cutting them off if they're not committing wrong thing, not getting to 1984 levels just yet. But it seems like it's on the horizon with this theory. I mean, it's it's definitely would be preferable for the government. It's just you think they have some morals and you'd like to think you'd stuff like, to think like this so. would never, ever happen. 
So it's a bit. I think you've got to go with the uh, like lev- um, new world order theory, where everyone wants to be one one complete society of just a mass of people, no countries, no nothing. Maybe it's a bit more believable, but you like to think people have a moral compass still. I know. I mean, in terms of controlling the population, that's already happened. Because if you think about coronavirus, I mean, would you if they said tomorrow we've got a vaccine, they're going to come round to your door and give you the vaccine? Do you want it? Yes or no? I think we're talking. So just from scaring exactly. So just from having the virus alone, they've got people would sign up for things that they wouldn't already do. I mean, you look at the flu vaccine. How many people have that? It's mm. it's far lower than this. I think there could be something in it. I think it could be damaging potentially in terms of whether there's literally just a mistake in the vaccine. But yeah, do you want to give me your ratings? Right, well, I think Follow there's a lot of believability in the, say, the mass rollout of the vaccine, capitalising on the hysteria. If you were a proper theorist, you could think, oh, we could slip something in here and there and get these people under control. But it's still moral, the whole moral compass argument. I think people are best, there'll be some. there'll be a lot of pushback. If it ever got out, there'd be mass uproar on an unprecedented scale that no amount of social conditioning could prevent. So I believe it's up to go 4.5. But it's a great conspiracy theory, though. It's definitely another, I think, maybe an 8.5 on the conspiracy theory front. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I think we're on a theme here on this podcast that every single conspiracy is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And it's an conspiracy here where a lot of things do actually kind of fall into place and link together. As you mentioned, like the mass hysteria, and it is being rushed through testing. And of course, people would want the vaccine in their millions, in their billions. So in terms of a conspiracy, yeah, it's a, I'd say a solid 7 out of 10. In terms of believability, um, I do actually, to be fair, I feel this is slightly believable if it wasn't for the fact it's just so morally horrific. And I'd like to believe no government would ever be so morally yeah. horrific or any corporation would ever be this morally horrific. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 10, John. I think that's fair enough. Right. We're nearing the end here. So what we're going to do now is we're going to play a very quick game. So basically, I'm going to read you very, very brief descriptions of conspiracies I found online. Two of them are going to be real ones I found online. And one of them I made up. And what I want you two to do is to guess which are the real ones. And which uh, is the one I made up. And when I say real, I mean a real conspiracy <laughs> theory that at least someone somewhere right. believes. I'm just waiting for that because even ones you made up stop really unknowingly in you know, a Mandela effect and all you could. Someone, yeah, someone, <laughs> someone, someone might believe the conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So, number one Russia released coronavirus in order to introduce lions I, into I've the heard wild. I've that one actually. I've definitely heard down. that one. That's number one. Number two is the beer company Corona released coronavirus in order to boost sales and boost promotion around the beer, but it backfired. So they then renamed the virus to COVID-19 in order to take the attention away from the beer. And finally, Disney Plus released coronavirus in order to keep everyone locked down and at home and boost subscriptions to their new streaming service. So which one do you think is real well which two do you think um, are real I'll, I'll which I'll one start. do you think is the lie so i feel like there's actually quite a few conspiracy theories surrounding disney including walt disney's own personal history and i'd say disney disney plus has come out at the perfect possible time and i mean i've actually subscribed myself to disney plus because i'm in lockdown so i feel like that conspiracy <laughs> is definitely 
got some weight to it and it's definitely one that will be out there in the open. So I'd say that's personally, I think that will be a true conspiracy. Okay, cool. And what do you reckon the other true um, one is? So I or feel one I found online. That there's a lot of stupid people in the world that any of these conspiracies could technically be true. So it's actually a really kind of tough game. I actually yeah. believe myself. I've read Russia releasing lines into Wildlife One. Uh, I've literally got no idea what the reason behind them doing it is. That no, I'm, like, I'm not entirely sure either. <laughs> or something that someone would make up about Russia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's definitely if it was anywhere else. Like coronavirus. Yeah. I mean, surely Corona would know that it's going to not have a positive impact on sales. <laughs> like, I, 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 I know that it should have not had any impact on sales. In fact, if anything, given panic buying and the alcohol was one of the yeah. things panic bought, it could have a positive impact on sales. But there was there was no way it was going to go well. So, and just a pure thought of a Mexican beer company no. deciding to release a virus just doesn't hold much weight. <laughs> Although an American uh, film company does hold weight. So <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, for me, the coronavirus is, is the made-up conspiracy by John. So you think I made up the one about Corona beer, yeah? Okay, I cool. suppose I'll follow on from what Luke said. It's about the coronavirus, well, the corona beer coronavirus one. You could potentially argue they may have the means to produce a virus without their um, beer making facilities could be adapted some way. We've got labs where they test new products. So, uh, <laughs> Didn't realise we had never an know expert Sort of um, what, what <laughs> research they're letting their boffins get away with in the free time. But I don't really believe that they would want to accidentally ruin their brand image in the guise of actually trying to promote it. Do you think as people are naturally going to associate the coronavirus with corona beer as a bad, only going to be a bad thing? As for Disney, though, you so the but they they released it in the UK a few months after it was released in America, so maybe not that much uh, weight to it. Yeah, that's true. I'm not sure why they well, some of these do even be licenses for some of the IPs. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was like Sky that. having some rights to National Geographic and stuff. I'm not exactly sure, but Callum's up to wait for to watch Hannah Montana. Callum's Callum's got a subscription, <laughs> but. I guess well, we said there's a lot of conspiracy around Disney, and they have they are worth many billions of pounds. So they've definitely got the means which to hire the required tools, we say, to implement such a heinous at crime. But Disney yeah. got previous in hiring and tools Kathleen anyway. Kennedy. And Ryan Johnson. As you say, Star Wars conspiracy podcast coming <laughs> soon. But the Russia one, yeah. if it was any other country apart from I don't know, no, you wouldn't believe. But then Russia, Putin likes his bears, likes to be appear manly. What's more? To have some big powerful lions roaming the country. <laughs> Pol- yeah. Polar opposite climate to what lions are used to. Nice pun. Polar bear. Like I said, if those, I still think the Corona beer one's got to be the one that's false, just because that'll be the worst possible PR idea that's ever came out of a PR thing. And the fact that not, not just maybe past the suggestion phase, we implemented them to make some focus. And no one's. <laughs> Hang on, guys. It might not be the best <laughs> idea. For oh, I... <laughs> yeah, no one vetoed it in the planet. <laughs> Sorry, I have to say the Corona beer oh, one is the wrong. It was the odd one out of. Right. Okay. Hey. I can reveal you're both correct. So congratulations <laughs> yeah. on that one. I'll have to make it a bit harder next week, I think. But yeah, that uh, just about sums up our podcast, our very first one. 
I've hope you've all really enjoyed it. Uh, I I Luke, like you got any part in stick words? with us. They will get to maybe a little bit more smooth as the weeks go on. It's the first one. There might be a few little issues here and there. We're learning on the yeah, job, so to speak. Problems. But as then those with three guys, we know each other very well. We have a nice, good, we have a good conversation. We can talk about anything for a long time. Hope you offer some interesting insights along the way. Yeah, just to add to that, thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, look forward to releasing some more conspiracy podcasts in the future. I hope you've made it this far. Um, wow, you're incredible. Well done. Um, yeah. If you enjoyed it, give Good it a job. give it a subscribe. Yeah. Um, so we can have some feedback as well. Give us some feedback how so we know how to improve and keep challenging the status quo.